Some words from the Gospel of Luke. A man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue, came to Jesus. He fell at his feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, who was dying. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years, and though she had spent all that she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed the power had gone out of me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling and Falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Place yourself in this story for a moment and imagine you are Jairus. You have come to Jesus with probably the most serious emergency you are ever going to face, a seriously ill daughter. And he agrees to come and help you. But words got out that Jesus is in the area and crowds have gathered round him. Everyone's trying to attract attention. Everybody just wants a couple of moments. But you've got to get Jesus to your daughter. To you, every second counts. And then suddenly, Jesus stops. What's he doing, you wonder? Who touched me, he asks. You what? Seriously? Are you kidding me? We've got to get back to my daughter. You've got crowds pressing against you on every side. And you want to know who touched you? Even his disciples are baffled by his behaviour. Peter, who seems to be the leader of the gang, tries to make him see sense. Master, there's a lot of people here. You're bound to brush up against someone. Right now is hardly the time to stop and ask questions like that. But Jesus is having none of it. Now, now someone touched me. I noticed some power leaving me. And then a woman comes and falls at his feet. She had hoped to slip in and out of that crowd without anyone noticing she was there. But Jesus has. And so she pours out her story. She has had internal bleeding for the last... 12 years, basically for as long as Jairus' daughter has been alive. She's been desperate to find a solution. She's tried every doctor in time, but to no avail. None of them could make her better. If anything, she got worse. Until today. All she had done was reach out and touch the hem of his garment. 
and her bleeding had stopped. Her bleeding had rendered her ceremonially unclean. It led to her being cut off from all those she knew and loved. But because Jesus had stopped and noticed, not only did she find her physical healing, but she could once more take her place in community. I imagine if I had been Jairus at that moment, I'd have been really at my wit's end. Thinking, what is this man doing? But Jesus having time for this woman didn't mean that he didn't also have time for Jairus' daughter. If we'd read on, we'd have read of her being restored to health to, and to Jairus and his family. If there's one thing I would love to learn more than anything else from Jesus, it would be how to be busy without hurrying. There are times when I'm almost convinced there's an alarm bell attached to my office chair. It may have been a relatively quiet morning, but now I have an appointment. I have a tube to catch. I, I stand up to leave. And then there's that, just at that precise moment, there's that knock at the door or... There's that really urgent phone call. And I do really try to give it my full attention. But there's part of me that's thinking, no, I really need to get to that appointment. Yesterday I spoke about the addiction to busyness and hurrying and how it can, however unconsciously, become a way of avoiding God or even ourselves and about creating space to be still. But of course, rushed busyness isn't everyone's experience. We can find ourselves temporarily forced out of that rhythm, perhaps through a period of illness, perhaps over a longer period or even more permanently as injury, disability or ageing make it impossible for us to function as we had been up to that point. And this year is throwing up other ways in which people have been forced to slow down. Some of us have been shielding, others have been furloughed, perhaps even lost jobs. Different types of activity activity in which we've been involved and been postponed or cancelled. Seasons of lockdown have meant that we are at home a lot more than normal. And it might be if you were blessed enough to still have an income that for a time we welcomed the change of pace. We had more time to stop, to look out our window, to watch the birds and flowers in our gardens. Perhaps you caught up on some TV, read some more, books, took up a hobby. In the early part of lockdown, I sat transfixed in front of those old art shows with Bob Ross, which were repeated and wondered, how on earth does he do that? Or maybe you were one of the 20 million something people who tuned in to exercise with Joe Wicks at some point. 
the novelty wore off. Perhaps particularly as others were able to start to move towards some semblance of normal, but you remained at home for whatever reason. We were encouraged to think of ourselves as safe at, at home, rather than stuck at home. But no. As time wore on, we just felt stuck. We wanted to get back to some sort of normality of life, however utterly abnormal our normal had been. But maybe within that season, there were hints of what God was calling us to. That ability to pause, to notice more. You see, it was because Jesus was unhurried that he could notice the woman who needed him. And perhaps there is an encouragement for us that in seasons where, for whatever reason, we are actually forced to slow down. In those times when we might feel we're missing out or when we feel we're falling behind. We're actually being given a chance to walk more in step with God. A Japanese theologian, Kazuki Yokoyama, calls Jesus the three mile an hour God because that was Jesus' walking pace. He says this, God walks slowly because he is love. If he is not love, he would have gone so much faster. Love has its speed. It's an inner speed. It's a spiritual speed. It's the speed we walk, so it's the speed the love of God walks. Maybe in this season of Advent and the build-up to Christmas, you're feeling a bit rushed and stressed. Or maybe in this season, you're kind of missing feeling that way. It's a long time since you've felt that way. A change of pace has been forced upon you. And it may leave you restless or frustrated. If so, join me in saying this prayer. On alternate lines, you will see a right arrow or a, a greater than sign. And that's when you breathe in. Or there's a left one, like a less than sign, if you did mathematics at school, where you're breathing out. So take a moment to... Just find the rhythm as you breathe in and out. In and out. Where I feel fearful, eternal Father, help me to regain your calm. Where I am rushing, eternal Father, guide me to your unhurried pace. Where I am restless, eternal God, help me to know your patience. Where I am anxious, eternal God, help me to know your peace. I breathe in your peace, Jesus, and 
breathe out anxiety. I breathe in your patience, Jesus. And breathe out restlessness. I breathe in your unhurried pace, Jesus. And breathe out my rushing. I breathe in your calm, Jesus. And breathe out my fear. Holy Spirit, fill me with your rest. Holy Spirit, fill me with your quiet. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit. 